This podcast is hosted by R Double P. If you are easily spooked, creeped, or offended, this might not be the podcast for you. Yay. <laughs> Welcome back Welcome to back. I Think My Fridge is Haunted. Woo! I'm Gemma. And I am Lana. Thanks so much for coming back. I am going to come back every week and you can't stop me. Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, cool. Okay. So just uh, going right into this, mm-hmm. we're talking part two of the mushroom deaths. I am um, kind of past the obsession stage with this and I'm just kind of in the... Yep. I need a rest stage. I just need a moment and I want it to be done stage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I want more information or I want an arrest or I want a just I, – I just want some kind of semi-conclusion to this. Yeah. yeah. We were so overloaded with so much information so quickly and then now it's just nothing. Yeah. I know. It's, it's like killing us. draining me of my dopamine. I need it. I need my fix. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Shall we do a fact? Absolutely. Cool. Facts from the freezer. Facts from the freezer. You want to go first? Yes, I would love to. Okay. Gemma, do you know about the King's Drop? (laughs) The King's Drop. A drink made from distilled human skulls. Distilled? Distilled. Yeah, fancy. Are they blended first? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, assume, I mean, you'd want like, to crush them up. Or yeah, something. mortar and pestle real hard. So, yeah, it's to do with King Charles II, which like <laughs> plenty of history is. King Charles. Is he one of the 18th century ones? Yeah. Yeah. I don't go into the 17th century ones. I find them quite boring. Yes. This might make them more fun. This could be fun. And this is just one of those things where it's like, England, what you doing? Yeah. What you doing? <laughs> what are they doing over there? Lots to thank them for. Lots to be like, ew. Mm. King Charles II of England paid a small fortune for recipe uh, for a recipe to make a tincture uh, from five pounds or two point two kilos of crushed human skulls. Deemed the king's drops, uh, Charles II made uh, use of the resulting alcohol mixture frequently, and often sipped the liquid after making it in his own personal laboratory. Uh, even the toupee of moss that grew over a buried skull became a prize additive. It's powder believed to cure nosebleeds, possibly epilepsy, and a supposed miracle cure for any and all ailments. I can't. I, just, <laughs> I can't even. Oh, my God. So this is why I don't go into that 18th century stuff because they're, they're – I feel like the inbreeding just got like really, really concentrated around that time. <laughs> and they real. just got really mad and yep. disturbed. Lots of morphine, lots of cocaine. They yeah. were just like, let's try this. Yeah. Maybe it'll work. <laughs> it works well in my head. Yeah. So <laughs> no. No. So that's the king's drops. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> gross. Is it like weirder that they like if they drunk it out of a human skull? Is that like too far? I kind of thought that's where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought. The fact I was like, oh, he used to drink alcohol out of a skull. No. We've talked a bit about uh, drinking out of skulls in, in the past couple of weeks, haven't yeah. we? It just keeps coming up. It's very goth. It's very cool. <laughs> 
There you go. So I had uh, dinner this week with a few friends and um, one of my friends, he's he's actually done a, a short stint in prison mm-hmm. and um, he's never kind of talked about it before. Yeah. But this time he did. And, um, and I was just enthralled. Like he was telling me all about the process and, you know, how it works and everything. And it was just super, super interesting. And he was telling me about there's a section of prison that's for like the incarcerated pedophiles, child killers, and cops as well. Mm. And it's called the Boneyard. And in the, this is just such a random weird fact. In the regular yard for regular convicts, whatever. Convicts, everyone, yep. The prisoners, they they go out for exercise and they they jog, they run. Mm -hmm. So they run anti-clockwise because it's a representation of going against authority. What? Yeah, but in the boneyard, they run clockwise. I'm not sure why I'm just telling you this. I'm just... Oh, that's... Is it like to like encourage them to follow authority because they're so bad? Like... No, they do it of their own accord. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. Right. That's so weird. It's okay. kind of like it's kind of like going against against. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a double against. Double entendre of, uh, of authority. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost yeah. it's almost like a creepy kind of like we're fitting in with society. Yeah. You'll never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what makes us creepy. Yeah, you'll never catch us, but even though we're already in prison. Yeah, 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 weird. Do you want to like a little bonus fact about me? I've applied to be a prison officer twice. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I have, yeah, I have um, a family member who's in uh, corrections and I was like, yeah, I could totally do this. And the first time I didn't get very far. Mm-hmm. Second time I got further, like the last step. Yeah. And I started to get cold feet and going, I, I don't want this. And I didn't get through. Right. Thank goodness. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know a couple of people that have been corrections officers. Yeah. It, mixed stories. Very. And because I was female, I was applying for the female prison. Right. I didn't even want to step foot in the male prison. Just with who I am I was like nope but apparently the female prison can be much worse yeah my friend that's a correction officer she used to be in the female prison and she's actually recently within the last year or so gone over to the male section yeah and she said it's must it's much less um complicated right yeah interesting that that's all I heard from the, my family member is that it, the politics involved with it is extreme and he's yeah. a, like, no, I'm not going to call him out, but he's like, he, he's simple, like he's a simple guy. He's straightforward. He's very like red blooded Australian. Right. And he just went, I, I just can't even keep up with all this. And cause it's not just like physical fighting. There's just so many mind games. And yeah. the, the, the actual process of applying um, is so thorough. There was like 10 different interviews and uh, I'll say tests that I had to go through. And even those, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Wow. It was intense. So, yeah, uh, a, a shout out to all our correction officers as well. It must be a heavy job. Yeah, you get paid very well. That was my main drive for it was oh. like, oh, I could be set up for life, but I can't imagine the stories you come up with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've seen Wentworth facts. and that's enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, that's <laughs> it. No, don't want to be involved. <laughs> Hello, Twisted Humans. 
Do you find yourself wanting to know more about the latest murder, conspiracy, cult, or haunting? Then this is the podcast for you. In 1952, there was a record high of UFOs reported. 1,500 sightings. There has been evidence of human sacrifice, devil worship, and it is haunted by more spirits than can be counted. A family of two adults and two kids reportedly saw a giant flying thing with glowing red eyes. And meanwhile, the family's nanny that helped Veronica to care for her and Lucian's children was found bludgeoned to death in the basement of their family home. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sierra. And this is Twisted Twisted and and Uncorked. Okay, so... (laughs) For this one, I've just written sources, everyone, because I was—I'm so tired. I've—I've I've read everything. Yeah. <laughs> everyone in the world ever. Yeah. yeah. So heavily featured in American and British right news. I've read stuff from the BBC. I've read stuff from the New York Times. I've read stuff from the Daily Mail. I've read stuff from my friend Kate. <laughs> I, you know, everyone. <laughs> everyone knows about it. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, went on a girls' trip last weekend and to Wangaratta, and Greg was there, and I drew a family tree, trying to explain the whole story, oh like God. on a piece of paper. And then our friend Nicole came in. She's like, "What is this?" I was like, "Oh, that's the family tree of the mushroom deaths." I was trying to explain it to Greg, <laughs> but then it was funny because I actually found an actual family tree that one of the newspapers had had made. So I sent that to him and I said, this this one's much better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Photos, this is good. <laughs> it's this much is... neater than my hand-drawn <laughs> scroll and it's handy, stick though. people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's handy, though. Let's get into it, Let's shall do we? It. So, um, yeah, in the last one, uh, where we're, we are recording this second episode of The Mushroom Mystery uh, on 27th of August, 2023, we last recorded on the 14th of August. Yes. So it's been a little while and so much has happened. I mean, even when we got home from the studio that night, there was a bunch of stuff had happened while we were, we were recording. Yeah, the updates were flowing in on the phone. You turn it off airplane mode and it's like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we've got more questions than we originally had. We've got more um, changes in the case. The changes. So the day we last recorded, it was revealed that over that weekend, on Friday the 11th of August, Erin Patterson had sent a five-page written statement. Not an official police statement, by the way. And she had written it apparently with the aid of a legal professional, which I've written in brackets, Question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Who? What? Where? And this statement was sent not only to the police, but allegedly also to the Age and the ABC. Little CC in there. Yeah. (laughs) A little BCC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it would have been a bit BCC. (laughs) Now, my first question is, why is the legal professional saying this is a good idea? Yeah, and so soon and... To, to make it so public. Right. Like what? Mm, who's who's advising that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I wouldn't be. And no, I'm not even no. a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she says in this statement that she misled police. Um, she said a few things that she wants to change. 
uh, and she wants to clear up a few elements of the case. And after this, the case blows up again. Yes. So before we go into that, though, in addition on that day, pictures were published of a wall inside a residential property that the children had drawn on. Mm-hmm. The residence was put up for sale and sold in 2022 and the real estate agent called a painter to come in and cover the images. Chris, have you seen the pictures? You haven't? Okay, I'll show you real quick. The pictures were drawn in the corner of the dining room and depict a big, just a mess of images and words, including a graveyard and a lying saying, Grandma R.I.P. and you're dead by my sword. And... The tradies that come in to paint the wall, they think it's pretty weird and they take some pictures. Yeah. I I would ask you, Chris, what do you think of the pictures? You've got a very concerned look on your face, but I know you don't like talking on the podcast. The eyebrow is raised. Yeah, she's she's zoomed in. She's really having a look at these. I'm just going to leave that to you, leave that with you. So I want to know, why didn't she paint over the wall herself before selling? Yeah, it, it's like, did she just think that, like, oh, that's just what kids do? Did she think that that was just exactly normal? Like, just not that important to cover? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to need my phone back, unfortunately, because I've got a bit of an article that I need to read. So was this, like, the, did she, we don't know, um, I think that, uh, did, did she sell the property with her partner, Simon? We don't know. Right. And do we know if it's before or after he was in hospital? I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was in August of 2022, which would have been about four months after he was in hospital. Okay. Yeah, right. So whether they're beginning to divide up properties because of the separation. Yes. um, And they're just, you know, trying to sell them off and and divide up the proceeds, Mm. um, perhaps. Anyway, the tradies said, we started calling it the death wall. Uh, the tradie told news.com.au. The wall included creative pieces of writing with lines saying, you don't long to live one hour exactly, and the words know you. Anyway, the man who asked not to use his name got a phone call from a real estate agent last year asking him to paint the wall so the property could be sold. He said, I've looked at it and gone, holy shit, where's the, what the hell's going on here? I went, this is actually really scary for kids to do this inside the kitchen and dining room. I didn't think it was right. It looked scary. It just didn't look right to me as a parent. The 46-year-old said that he was struck by the multiple references to death and particularly the tombstones. He said, that sort of stood right out. It was eerie. I think I put four coats of primer undercoat and two coats of wall paint to cover all that texture. Now, for our international listeners, a texture is a felt tip pen. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Because <laughs> I remember saying the word texture in the UK and just people not Didn't having a clue of what I was saying. <laughs> that. Oh, my gosh. The tradie said he snapped the picture and apart from showing a few mates, didn't think of it again until the fatal mushroom poisonings hit the headlines. And I guess he probably recognised the lady from the news and yep. said, well, that's the lady from that house. Well, that was a bit weird, actually. Maybe this will, maybe this is something to add. Yeah. 
The treaty described the Pattersons as a, a sort of a quiet family. It's understood that Ms Patterson's two children, who she shares with her estranged husband, Simon, are in year seven and year five. So that would make them, what, 12 and 10? Yeah, roughly. I would say. He said they keep to themselves, which I don't know that he could possibly know that from meeting them for one day. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, just from his small observation. Yeah. And then it's mostly just his opinions. He says, you'd think they'd be drawing flowers and unicorns, not gravestones and death. (laughs) I mean, like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe they watched something like, like some history show and they were like, yeah, death. Property records show the three-bedroom, two-bathroom house described in the listing as an ideal family home and great for entertaining was sold last August for $545,000. Aren't kids funny? Yes, so funny. So let's get into the discrepancies in the case that Erin wanted to, quotation marks, clear up. Yes. And just to clarify... (laughs) This is important. The meal was not a stroganoff. It was a beef wellington. Uh, Officially. It's officially a beef wellington. Although she might come up with another statement tonight and say it was pizza. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the beef wellington, I was like, like, you're the mastermind and in research and everything like that. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to look up how to make beef wellington. Mm. Damn, it's complicated. It is. Oh, my husband is the Beef Wellington King. Awesome. And he, he's he got a lot to say about how you make a Beef Wellington. <laughs> you don't eat. use dry mushrooms yeah. on a Beef Wellington. It's not easy to scrape off. Like, <laughs> All right. Yes. Now, number one discrepancy, which I've bolded in capital letters, the children weren't at the lunch. Officially. So we first... When we first heard the story, the people at the lunch were Gail and Don, Heather and Ian, Erin, and the two children. Yeah. And now she's saying, no, the children weren't there at all. They were at the cinema. Say that from the get-go. Like, right? And I'm asking, why didn't she say this in the interview outside the house when she was asked, what did the children eat? Yeah. She just ignored the question. Yep. She could have said. She oh. could have just said, "Oh no, don't worry, they weren't there. They're safe." Yeah, exactly. Weird thing to correct. I don't know. Like, the kids aren't really that involved anyway. They weren't even from the get go. Like, why even say that they were there in the first place? Yeah, they are not in. Okay. Yep. Yep. I guess if they did go to the movies, that would be pretty easy to prove with CCTV. Yes. But why lie about it? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, so weird to me. Also, if they are, like, what, last year they were, was it year five and year seven, mm. was it? I'm not sending those kids by themselves to the movies. Like, I guess pr- maybe you could. She hasn't said who they went with, but she, yeah. she all she said is that they were at the movies. Okay, yeah. yeah. But for all we know, they could have gone there with Erin's sister. Yes. Or even with their dad. This is what all these discrepancies are doing to us. So they were, we're like, who was at the movies? Like, there's yeah. just more. Like, <laughs> it's the key. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be. 
discrepancy number two. She states that she got part of the mushrooms from a local large chain supermarket. And she said that she got the rest of the mushrooms three months previously at an Asian grocer in Glen Waverley that she can't remember the name of. Pick one. <laughs> Point A, can you take the police to the Asian grocer? You, you may yeah. not be able to remember the name of it. But maybe you'd remember where it was. Yeah, surely. Second point, if the mushrooms from either the supermarket or the Asian grocer were in fact poisoned, why didn't anyone else get sick? And especially if she'd bought the Asian mushrooms three months ago, you'd think someone else would have got sick within the subsequent months. Yeah. That story doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't add up. So all we're proving is it wasn't the mushrooms that you bought. Yeah. All signs point to you put something else in the dinner. Yeah, it's just making her look even more guilty. I don't understand why she's changed it to make herself look worse. We've basically proven it wasn't the mushrooms from the shop. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been easily, like, uh, proven with other people getting sick. Yeah. My third point, it should be pretty easy to prove that she brought the mushrooms through CCTV because... I don't know if you've been reading up about the um, terrorist attacks towards Chinese restaurants in, in Western Australia. I have not. People have been targeting Chinese and Asian businesses, like, you know, throwing, throwing bombs through their windows what? and doing awful things. This is all in Western Australia. It's actually really, really bad. Awful. I'm going to presume that most Asian businesses are going to have some sort of security system or CCTV. Yep, absolutely. So it shouldn't be too hard to prove that she bought those mushrooms in any case. Yeah. And, like, if you went to a major grocery store as well. Oh, it depends on what day. Like, if it's not the same day, I suppose. But, like, CCTV is everywhere. Everywhere. Even in Lee and Gatha. Even in Lee and Gatha. On the streets, everywhere. Mm. The Daily Mail says a friend of the family said Erin was, quote, very good at foraging. Uh, This is the Daily Mail, though, so let's Mm. just take that with a grain of salt. Um, The Patterson family would apparently pick mushrooms each year when they were in season. And I just want to point out, let's remember for all those people saying, oh, but it's not mushroom season. These may have been picked months ago and preserved. How? In the dehydrator. And if the dehydrator wasn't involved, why did she throw it away? Mm -hmm. Mm. Allegedly, Simon asked her, allegedly, at the hospital, if it was the dehydrator that she used to kill his parents. It's a tenuous claim because we don't know who overheard this. We don't know where this rumour comes from. So he may not have even said that. Yeah. Um, But people have reported that that's what happened. Yeah, I got a quote as well that, is that what you use to poison them? Like, it, it's so all over the it's shop. It's shaky. It's so, yeah. It just, it's just like hearsay making her look even more guilty. The third discrepancy uh, that Erin claimed was that she now says that she went to hospital with symptoms before she said she didn't have any symptoms. Yeah. She actually went to hospital twice. And was given, quote, liver protection drugs. Yeah, this is a big thing at the moment, isn't it? Mm. The liver protective drugs. What are they? What are they? Where's the, where's the medical report? Mm-hmm. Why isn't both the Lee and Gaffer, was it medical centre? Mm-hmm. And the hospital giving, you know, saying, yeah, actually, this is what she had. 
Yeah. I'm sure the police have got that in hand. Well, that that was what and I was just thinking too. I would say the information from the hospitals would have been locked down hardcore. Yeah. Uh, she says that she was even transferred to a hospital in Melbourne but was shortly after released. Now, it looks like Sunday was a busy day for her because after she got released the first time, she threw the dehydrator in the tip between hospital visits because she was afraid they would take her children away. Mm. Then, and I've written this, point five, all in capital letters, she fed the children the leftovers after five adults that ate the food got sick with food poisoning. This is the thing that was getting me. I was like, wait, wait, hang on. You went to hospital and not only you, but the whole like family that ate it. And then you gave it to the kids by scraping off the top, which again, going back to the Beef Wellington, talk to your husband about it. It's so complicated. And if you did scrape it off, it's just a slab of meat. Mm-hmm. Kids ain't, they ain't eating that. They're not having that. Well, in any case, I I hope she swiped a few of those liver protection drugs and gave those to the kids too. Sorry, I got really passionate. Last week I was just like, oh, benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt. I just, I'm I'm very frustrated. Yeah. Yep. Same. Now, if she knew the food was causing massive illness, putting five adults in hospital, and she still gave the children the tainted meal, why hasn't she been charged with something like negligence towards a dependent? Yeah. Yeah. In the very least. Yeah. That full... Yeah. Unless there's more charges to come and they're just like... Biding their time. We're just going to hold off. She says she scraped off the mushrooms because the kids didn't like mushrooms, but I fail to see how that makes the food less poisonous or or tainted. Yeah. Unless she knew which part of the beef wellington was poisoned or she gave them a separate one. Here's one I made earlier. Um one I prepared earlier, yeah. The story doesn't work. It's not happening. Like I no. No. In conclusion, according to Perth Now, again, valuable source, on Tuesday, August 15, Erin says the media have depicted her as a witch and that she can't see her friends or her sister. Still, no one speaks out in her aid. Yeah. To date, we aren't sure. Oh, I'm calling her EPAT now. (laughs) I love that. EPAT. We aren't sure whether EPAT... uh, is in Leon Gathar, whether she's in Melbourne. We don't know where she is. Oh. Um, or, or, and I'm going to presume the press don't know where she is either because they'd be saying so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm guessing she's in hiding. She could have even been put in a safe house. Yes, true. For both her safety and the safety of the case itself. Yes. Because we know she likes to talk. Well, this is what we were saying last time is how much the media can affect a story like this. And now that she's speaking out and changing so much of it, like... She needs to stop. She needs to stop because... Save it for the witness stand. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that was the only thing I thought of with her changing all these uh, statements and things like that is that maybe um, she's been recommended to to switch it up so it does get so convoluted Mm. that there's just no way to get a clear case out of it. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's actually a thing. I don't know if that happens. I assume so, just looking at true crime history, but I don't know. I think we need to, what we need to do is look at other poisoning cases. Mm. 
I really need to get get a few older poisoning cases and more recent ones as well. Yes. Um, did you watch the Under Investigation documentary with Liz Hayes this week? I think I started it, but I didn't get through the whole thing. I will, though. It was released on Wednesday night. I just caught up with it this morning. There was an interesting thing that they said. Um, they said that when they were questioning the people that worked at the tip, at the rubbish yes. tip, one of the one of the people that worked there said, oh, I'm not sure when what time she came in because I don't work Saturdays. So... That I know, right? I'm sorry. Saturday, the day of the lunch. Hmm. Hmm. So, I mean, it's it's tenuous, but it is interesting. It is very interesting. Do tips have CCTV footage? Bloody hope so. You'd think so, with this like dumping and stuff being illegal. I'm going to presume that people want to get rid of a lot of evidence Mm. that they take to a tip i love that it's been done countless times yeah like as if people aren't like putting in effort to look through the camden serial killer didn't even put it in the tip he just put it in the bin outside lazy (laughs) lazy (laughs) um that's really interesting if that's true like that brings a whole other element I just even like throwing it out the day after. I know she was. If they can prove that. Oh. Again, this could be like these are questions we have that are so crucial that are probably things that they're locking down. Hundred percent. Yeah. It, it's not like we're the you know if a detective were to listen to this, we're not giving them anything new. We're no. not giving them any new ideas. They're they're yeah. on top of it. We know. We know. We're yeah, getting there. Yeah, it's like stupid. Bloody true crime podcast. It's armchair detectives. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Shut up. (laughs) You you don't know. Maybe we're asking a question that they're like, oh, that's quite good, actually. Mm. I I might need that. Yeah, yeah. In any case, you're welcome. (laughs) Giving us a lot of credit. (laughs) (laughs) They'd never never admit to it. No, no, (laughs) no. But it's like, I don't know. I suppose podcasts are a little bit of investigative journalism now, aren't they? Like... Not officially, but... I like to think we help in some way. I think so. I, I would like to say that there is... Before being starting this podcast, there is so much research you have to do. People don't know. I didn't know. Validate me. Please. I was about Please. to say credits like snaps <laughs> to Gemma for, what, five previous seasons of so much research. I can't imagine how many Word documents you have, the amount of words in them. That would be cool to look up, how many words you've written. But it's like all the different sources, all the different parts of information. And cross-referencing is a big thing as well. It this is, is why it takes me so long. And I read books. Like yes. I'll read it like an entire book without uh, before um, talking about a case. But this is a, a case where it's just speculation. There's yep. no book, that, you know, there's no conclusion yet. Yeah. I think what we're going to do is we're going to wait until this case has a uh, almost full conclusion. Yes. Because something's got to be coming. Something's got to be on the horizon, whether it's an arrest um, or... 
a complete different person of interest could come onto the scene. Well, that happens sometimes, doesn't it? Someone else comes out of nowhere and we're all like, what? Who this? Yes. Um, from reports that I read was, um, uh, and I might be getting this wrong, that the police chief was like, this is going to take a while. Yeah, that's what they're saying. They're saying this is, this is not going to be solved overnight. This is going to take – there's so many facets of it. Just the forensic – uh, testing that they're doing yeah. behind the scenes is going to take a while. Yeah, like we said last time, this could be the beginning of something really cool for Australian like uh, investigative. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like investigation, I suppose. Full investigative stop. investigation. Yeah, it's yeah, important. that's it. That is, it is important. Yeah. <laughs> or it could just be like, oh, this is a really annoying case. <laughs> like at the yeah. end of all of it. But yeah. I agree. Like, there's a the detective end. out there that is not getting a lot of sleep right now. I, there's going to be some hero detective out there. That <gasps> is it Ron? Is, <laughs> I could be Ron. I don't know. <laughs> he comes could out of nowhere Ron. and he's like, I've got this. <laughs> Is someone called Ron? <laughs> this guy. Um, yeah, there is, I imagine, a lot of detectives out there just awake at night like, there's got to be something I'm missing. Like, yeah, they've got the whiteboard. They've got the red string. The red string. Uh, and how? I've got the red string. Yeah. <laughs> We've got it ready to go. And it's, it's a circle. Like, it just keeps going. Yeah. I, I can't wait. Um, I want to see these toxicologies. I want to see. I want to see some CCTV uh, when it's time. I want to see the Google searches. That's for me. That is going to be um, what seals it for me personally. It doesn't always hold up in yeah. a court of law, but it holds up in the court of gym. Yeah. <laughs> Considering the Google searches I've had to do this week. I'm I'd be a little concerned to show. We'd be incarcerated for life. Absolutely. If anyone saw our Google searches. (gasps) That's why I wasn't. I couldn't become a, a prison officer. <laughs> you probably. <laughs> they looked up and they're like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, give me one person that doesn't have weird Google searches. Give me one person and I will give you a liar. <laughs> I will present a liar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's what it was made for. Like, we, we got to know. Yeah. Why have the wealth of the internet if you can't? Ask how mushrooms poison people or yeah. um, where Liam Gather is. <laughs> well, everyone, this has been a short episode. Um, I, I hope you appreciated it because I, for one, am exhausted. Yeah, I can. I, <laughs> I can. I can happily not think about mushrooms for the next couple of weeks. Absolutely. Even though I love them. I love them. I, I, I love have you been to the supermarket and you look and you go, mm, like it's like that strawberry and spinach thing again, where you're like, oh, it's fine, but. Twice. What if? What if? <laughs> no, I'm not thinking that at all. Nah, I, no, and I bet as soon as you get home today and you're relaxed, you'll be like, oh, I don't have to think about it. Something else will come out. Look, we might get home tonight and it could be like some explosive new development. Yeah. And it'll be like, Lana, Chris, we have to go back to the studio. Okay, pack up everyone. Let's get back in here. <laughs> Good. I'm gl- I'm, I feel like I feel relief of being able to talk about it, though. 
I hope you feel relief of being able to get all this, yeah. this research out. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. I feel like I got fired up. Sorry, guys. No, same. Oh, and also, if you have any information about this case, please call Crime Stoppers. It's 1-800-333-000. You can even write to them on their website and send a written report of what you know, and it's crimestoppers.com.au. Couldn't be easier. Couldn't be easier, and it may be really important. Mm, mm, you mm. don't know how a little fact can just blow a case right, right open. Right, right. That's it. And talk to us. Tell us what you think. Write to us. Write to yeah. us. Yeah, we could blow the case right <gasps> open. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Two podcasters and their awesome producer. Yeah. Solve, solve the, the case. Yes, solve the case again. Maybe we will. <laughs> oh, and also um, Chris has just written to me, Crime Stoppers, it is anonymous. If you want to give them an, an anonymous tip, you can do that. That's so, right. you know. You don't have to think that you're getting in trouble or anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. Talk to us on Instagram, our social media, and use the new Spotify our Q&A feature. Yes. We recently found out that, that Spotify have a Q&A, like a little little comment section now. Yeah, it's like, what did you think of this episode? Which is cool because, like, you often listen to something on Spotify and you're like, I wish I could – I want to say what I want to say right now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Really I'm still handy. convinced someone's going to call us a mole, though. <gasps> a mole? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Shut up, you moles. Oh. Which, for our inter- international listeners, once again, <laughs> is a ghastly insult in Australia. Yeah, what a d- don't even know what you could no. kind of consider it compare it yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant mole. like I thought you meant like a mole, like a like a spy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it can be construed in many different ways. Yeah. None of them are good. None of them are good. Until well, next time, Lana Lunacy. Yeah, be creepy, but don't be a creep. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs>